listening to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast, where we're continuing our 2019 offseason division deep dive. And today we are looking into the AFC South. As always, you're joined by your host, Bob and Dan. Dan, what up? What up? Oh, yeah. All right. I think I'm past the cold <laughs> that basically stripped my voice last week. So I'm, I'm, nice. I'm feeling Welcome better. Welcome back. Welcome back. Although uh, I will say one of my favorite things uh, <laughs> is when you have like a little bit of a sniffle, not because I'd like to see you, you know, sick or anything, my man, but I will, I do get <laughs> some laughs out of when that voice cracks a little. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just puberty is just striking me down again. It sounds like, so. <laughs> so yeah, man, I, I thought, um, you know, I'm, I'm really enjoying these uh, deep dives. I'm, I'm glad we sort of are taking this approach uh, towards this offseason because it, it's really forcing I know myself to really look at all aspects of each team in the division so I, I, I really enjoyed uh, the start of last week's show how about yourself yeah I think it just gives us an opportunity to maybe talk about some players that we don't always get to talk about um, it, it's a situation where you know we always we're talking about people in the top 10 right. uh, or top 11 and then maybe a, a sleeper here and there right uh, but when you're actually just limiting yourself to four teams uh, it can get a little bit difficult to kind of find people that you like but also it gives you a chance to talk about players you don't really get to talk about outside those you know top 11 type guys uh even though those guys show up in each and every division um i I think it's a lot more interesting to take a closer look at each team especially at this point because i think it'll be interesting to see kind of where they go in free agency um whether there are teams that we talk about now i know last week there's a lot of um, just kind of mystery as to how the AFC North's going to end up because we don't know where Lev Bell's going. Uh, we don't know where AB is going. Right. And uh, those are two huge names in the terms of uh, fantasy football where, uh, you know, <laughs> if, if you have them in a dynasty type setting, uh, I, I don't think you're worried, but maybe you're just not as confident that they're going to produce at the same level. A B, at least. I, I'm not. I'm not really sure what to expect out of Lev Bell next season. Yeah, I think after the episode, there were rumors that his weight ballooned and all types of stuff. So yeah, it's really yeah. just going to take him getting signed and then seeing him get back on the field. Uh, to, right. Right now, I still have him as somebody I would target at the end of the first round. But, sure. I mean, that's very open to moving depending on, you know, sort of what happens when he's back on a team and actually you see him on the field there. So Right. I mean, it, it was one of those things where whenever he came back, uh, not this season, but the season before, he sat a couple of games, came back. It took him a while to work himself into uh, game shape, game activity, uh, to look like that of the left belt that you expected. But once he hit his stride, uh, he hit it hard and, and was pretty much producing as a RB1 and I think, uh, you know, a top tier wide receiver too. So, right. And you're getting that out of your running back position. So, uh, I mean, that's like the that high end for Lev Bell. Um, but I, I really think it's going to depend on what team he ends up on and what quarterback he ends up playing with right. and what help he has coming out of. Um, you know, the the receiving core as well. Yeah, and I mean, there's one team on this list that we're going to talk about that has the most cap space going into next year. So, I mean, the, they could be Ooh. in play for him, and that would yeah. be a... Game changer for right, the team. Right. An absolute game changer. I mean, it, it is... Uh, I think the team that you're you're talking about, probably, I think, in the division we're talking about today, is probably the tops. Um, but uh, I think... In that division, I think if Left Bell ends up on that team, they're going to be one of the top teams in, in the entire NFL. Right. So, yeah, with this week, Dan, uh, it's coinciding pretty well with with our start because this week's the combine. So we're going to learn a little bit more about uh, sort of these rookie players, and that could right. influence where a lot of these 
uh, big name free agents go as well. It's just yeah, we're going to start getting a lot of news from really the end of this week moving forward. Is going to be a lot of uh, football centric news. So it, it's yeah. it's going to really start picking up steam here, and it it's really already has over the past month with all the off season movement and trades and all that type of stuff. So yeah, and then there was news out today that uh, Philadelphia not putting the franchise tag on Nick Foles. So uh, there's a team in this division um, that I think is in desperate need of quarterback help. uh, That if Nick Foles ends up on that team, how do you feel about it? I guess that's something we can talk about here. Right. Yeah. So, Dan, I mean, let's get right into it. And for those that are new um, to at least this type of formatted show that we're running for the next uh, seven weeks in total, uh, it would be eight weeks overall, obviously. Um, we're going to go through the division uh, in detail. We're going to look at things like overall offensive rank, best running back, wide receiver, tight end, rank the quarterbacks. We're going to go over the defenses, potential breakouts, and, and biggest needs for the team. So we're really going to cover it all. So, Dan, let's get started with the overall offensive ranks. And I'll kick it off because I think last week we had you kick it off. So we'll just rotate a little bit here. Sure. I'll, I'll go over my rankings and then I'll give details on each one. So my number one is the Colts, two Texans, three Titans. And if you could rank any lower than four, it probably would be. It's the Jaguars. Well, Bob, we might as well just talk about these together because that's the exact same way I have them ranked myself. Yep. So how about, the, <laughs> how about we do this? I'll go over my notes, pass it to you, and then we'll just alternate through the list then. Yeah, for sure. All right, so the Colts, I mean, obviously it's resting Andrew Luck for the entire 2017 season was the right call. Yeah, Uh, looks like a brilliant move now. Yeah, he came back to have his second-best statistical year, taking the second-fewest sacks of his career. So not only did they invest in the line that kept him healthy, he rewarded it with uh, his second-best statistical season. So really a good job uh, by the team to – a, make sure their investment was healthy, and then B, yep. invest in protection for that investment. Sure. Um, you add in a top 10 type of wide receiver, T.Y. Hilton, a young emerging running back in Marlon Mack, where we're going to see if they're in play for Le'Veon Bell. Who, who knows? But right. I mean, either way, Marlon Mack turned it on there towards the end of the regular season, at least. Um, they have a red zone beast in Eric Ebron, plus the most cap space going into 2019. I mean, they have every possibility of not only being the same type of producing offense, but they could instantly make it much better. So those are my reasons. How about yours for the Colts being at number one? It came down to, the, to the, basically the same thing. It's uh, the best quarterback, I think, in the league. Um, this is actually kind of close for me because I am a Deshaun Watson fan. Right. Uh, and, and I think that Deshaun Watson actually brings uh, – you know, Andrew Luck used to be – uh, a, a quality rushing quarterback. I think he's way more of a pocket pocket passer than he had than he's been in the past. Right. Uh, you know, he didn't have any rushing touchdowns this entire seat past season. So, uh, I think that's one dimension that Deshaun Watson brings to the quarterback play uh, that Andrew Luck doesn't really have. I think the skill's still there, but uh, I think it's a situation where they don't really need him to do that anymore. Uh, but but I just like. It boils down to quarterback, and I, I think that Andrew Luck is the best quarterback in this league. So this this kind of steers the offense uh, to, to number one rankings for me. Yeah. Um, also, I think T.Y. Hilton is a, a very nice receiver. I'd like to see him score a little bit more touchdowns. But I also think Marlon Mack came on big time uh, when he was healthy and he came back in, along with Naeem Hines. Uh, gave them a running game that they were kind of missing. Now, if they get Lev Bell, uh, and this is the team we were talking about, uh, already another number one ranked offense, and in our opinion, uh, in the league, uh, I think this takes them to an entirely different uh, stratosphere because I think one of the biggest kind of holes in this team is they don't really have that number two receiver. Right. Um, a there's big, no to one me, it's there. a glaring hole, too. Yeah, and I will talk about that later. I'm going to tell you that right now. Um, but that's kind of where it needs to come in, and that's where they need to fill that void because the offense will be more dynamic if they have more pass catchers. So right. uh, they've got some good young players there, um, but uh, uh, no one who kind of is, makes me super excited at this point. Um, I think there is some opportunity there for a, a second receiver to step up, um, but someone's going to need to make a name for themselves at this point. Uh, but if it's Lev Bell, 
I mean, game over. I, I don't think I think the offense completely changes. And, and Andrew Luck is now paired with probably the best running back that he's ever played with. And uh, takes a lot of heat off T.Y. Hilton, too. Right. So, yeah, I mean, uh, the quarterback play uh, of the next group, our next team we have is, uh, I, I think, quietly very good I don't I know earlier in the year Deshaun Watson was struggling but when you look at his overall numbers boy it was really really good I know we'll talk about him in more detail but number two we have the Texans and I have a great young combo quarterback and wide receiver Uh, Deshaun Watson had a very good efficient year passing the ball with low turnovers I mean he only had nine interceptions and he gets to throw to I mean what is more than likely the best wide receiver in football right now. So DeAndre Hopkins is purely matchup proof. Um, I think they can get better at running back, although Lamar Miller had a silently good year, and he really picked it up towards the really second half of the season where he started really pouring it on, I think, what they thought when they originally signed him. And, I mean, if either of their other two wide receivers can stay healthy – they both were producing at times. So yeah. whether it's Will Fuller or Kiki Cutie, I mean, Kiki Cutie, yeah, little cutie pie. <laughs> I mean, they have the recipes. Uh, I think they could get an upgrade at running back too and really change the dynamic of their team. So those are my points for the Texans at, at number two in this division. No, and I and I completely agree with you. I think the one um, <laughs> kind of just glaring uh, hole on this team is the running game uh i mean lamar Lamar miller was nice and i know that they expected deonta foreman to step in and kind of be a change of pace back and maybe bring a little bit more quickness to the running game but he was banged up all season so you didn't get to see anything kind of out of him so well we'll see what happens in the off season right Um, but I, i do i do like the receiving core uh demarius thomas did not bring anything to the (laughs) <laughs> to add to the equation, though, wow. I mean, Demarius Thomas was a kind of a shell of the good Demarius Thomas that we have had seen in the previous seasons. Uh, he just did not kind of look this, like the same player this past year when he got traded to the Texans. Right. Uh, I think that one of the bigger things that needs to happen is <laughs> Will Fuller needs to play 16 games in a season. Uh, I, I, the offense just seems like a, such a big 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 difference when Will Fuller is on the field right uh, he's this deep play threat that kind of makes just life easier not only for Deshaun Watson uh, but also in my opinion for DeAndre Hopkins because you have to worry about Will Fuller running the top off of your defense which makes you have to say okay well who who are you going to double team we have to probably double team Hopkins uh, which makes you're going to have to watch Fuller one-on-one, um, and, and then it's just going to open up the middle of the field for everybody else. So yeah, I, mean, I think he, he's a game-changer on that offense. If he can stay healthy, uh, I, I think we can see, we would exceed bigger things. Because uh, I think you saw it this year. He had a couple really nice games when he came back from injury, and then all of a sudden he's banged up again. Yeah, I mean, and, and the guy damn near catches a touchdown every 10 receptions or less pretty much right. over the past couple of years. So. Right. Yeah, so um, anything else you want to add on the Texans? I mean, I think these were very clearly the top two offenses. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, there was a time where I was worried. I, I mean, I really tossed them around uh, those two a, a, a little bit, but it, it just boiled down to the Colts. Uh I mean, the, the Colts also have Eric Ebron, so, you know, there's that. Right, yeah. <laughs> game, pure game change. But the, right. the next thing we're talking about has Derrick Henry. So the Tennessee Titans, oh, are, the Tennessee Titans are number three in our list. I'll go over my notes. Really, Mariota's been disappointing. He's been pretty much stuck in, like, neutral the past two seasons, throwing for low touchdowns, and he seemingly is not – majorly hurt but deals with nicks and in, in injuries Nag, that are, that nagging hurt, injuries all the time right that just that just cap his rushing abilities where it adds you know that that upside you know when you're throwing low touchdowns and not really getting it done rushing that really caps yep. any upside that you have right there um my next note and and you're going to hear me talk about this guy cuz can Tennessee just commit to Derrick Henry for the entire season? Because he looked like no. the best running back in football over the last four weeks. In four weeks, he rushed for 585 yards and seven touchdowns. I mean, and you, and no, they can't. They won't. I know this for a fact. There's no way that they do it. Uh, you and I would love it. 
uh, it'd make our lives in Dynasty so much easier to deal with because <laughs> <laughs> because we had I mean we we expected what we expected Derrick Henry to do this entire season is what he did the last couple of games of the season. Right. Uh, we expected him to just kind of dominate because coming off the end of the year season, end of the year games that he had the year before. We thought we had a stud waiting in the wings, um, but it, it's just perplexing to have him there. And I'll be honest with you, it's weird because it seems like he gets touches early in the season and then just doesn't can't do the same things that he does at the end of the year. And I don't know if it's because his legs are so much fresher at the end of the year than all the defensive players. But uh, this is one of those things that it is an, it, it is a it is a very perplexing issue for me because I don't understand where to go and I don't understand when to play him. That's that's the problem is that you don't know when to play him and then when you don't, he goes off for 65 points. Yep. Thanks, Derek. Uh, yep. Thanks, Derek. Yep. Uh, yeah, my, so my other notes are, can Corey Davis ever become a true number one? I, I personally don't think so. My other notes are who else is going to catch the ball and if Delaney Walker doesn't come back, who's the tight end there? So right. those yep. are all reasons why I rank them thirds. So what, what about yours, Stan? I know we no, talked a little bit about Derrick Henry in detail yeah. there. It's the same thing. It's that uh, Mariota's banged up, and then you have to go to the backup quarterback who doesn't necessarily always play great. Uh, I, I think Mariota needs to – I mean, it's tough to stay healthy in the NFL. It's very hard. I mean, it's a rough game. Um, but I think they need to do a better job of protecting him. Right. Uh, so uh, I think he has got a, a lot of talent. I, I think Mariota is a, is a nice young quarterback. Uh, and I think he he has the ability to play well and put up nice fantasy stats because he's done it before. Um, it's just a situation where I think the offensive line probably needs to do a better job of protecting him. And I, I think the receiving core is also, I mean, puzzling to me. I, I think that's the perfect it's, it's the perfect kind of way to describe the, the Tennessee Titans is that they're perplexing. I, I don't know what to do with this offense. Right. Uh, I like Mariota, uh, but I can't rely on him as a week-to-week starter. I don't even know if I would rely on him as a week-to-week starter in a two-quarterback leagues. There are times where I'd be worried about playing him. Right. Because, uh, frankly, you don't know if he's going to make it through a whole game sometimes. Uh, Corey Davis will have a boom game one week and then come back and have one reception for three yards. Like you don't know what you're getting. And, and I think maybe some of that's due to the inconsistent quarterback play that he's getting. Um, but I think he's got talent. I, I don't think he's going to, do I think he's going to be Deandre Hopkins at some point? No, uh, I, I would say probably not, but I, I think he can get to a point where he's a quality receiver. Uh, he already is, but I think in terms of fantasy value, uh, I'm, he's in a wide receiver two at the high, you know, and probably a three most of the time. Right, that's, uh, that's for exactly me. where I would put him is at a three uh, and hold him steady there. Now, you know, what, this will be year three coming up? So yep. The, yep. I mean, the breakout could very well occur, but I feel sure, like everybody absolutely. has said that since the minute he got drafted. So. Right. The way I look at it to me is, is that everyone's looking for the breakout for him, just like we've been waiting for the breakout for Devontae Parker. Everyone's been saying, okay, <laughs> this is the year Devontae Parker puts it all together. He looks fantastic in camp, and then he comes out, and he gets the same level of production. Um, do I – I mean, Corey Davis actually absolutely could come out this year and be an absolute stud. He's got the talent to do it, um, but it's one of those things where – I, I don't feel comfortable taking him until much later in my draft. Which like means I'm probably six, not going to get him. Fifth, sixth, seventh round, somewhere around there probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I don't think I'm going to get him on my team. I, I tried this year in my one league, and I just felt like I could never use him. And when I did, he, he would throw up that one for three, you know, like you said. So. Right. Yep. So, Dan, how, uh, you got? do you have any more on the, the Titans? There? No. In, in, in the tight end is just a giant question mark. You, right. you don't know what you're getting there. Uh, Delaney Walker is he coming back who knows Uh, and then anyone who filled in you know nice okay fill-ins week to week but just not the same level of production um, from what you got what you had in the elite tight end which I also think probably helped a true contribute to the inconsistent quarterback play as well because Walker was a huge safety valve I felt like for uh, Mariota in the quarterbacks in that system and uh, when he went down 
uh, it kind of all kind of grinded to a halt until Derrick Henry started running for, you know, 300 yards and 17 touchdowns in a game, in a playoff game. Thanks yeah. a lot, Derrick. Yeah, right. And I think that was one of, <laughs> one of my notes, too, I think down later in um, – uh, what I'm going to talk about regarding the Titans, but yeah, yep. I, I just think he leans on Delaney Walker, and without him, uh, yeah, I just I wonder if that was part of the inconsistencies as well. So, yep. fourth in our list, I mean, this one was pretty easy. The Jacksonville Jaguars are really outside of Fournette, who can be dominant when healthy. I I really don't like much about their offense. Uh, I think that we, I mean, everybody else thought Blake Bortles was going to be a great fantasy quarterback this past season. Everybody else thought that, uh, except me. I, I didn't think that. Yeah, I, I, th- I, wanna, thought he I just want to throw that out there and remind everybody that I was not on the Blake Bortles bandwagon going into last season. But uh, he was a serviceable quarterback, and there were times where he was he, he produced it at a high level. And there were weeks, this even this season, where he had some nice rushing games. But right. he was – I mean, it's not a its not a consistent quarterback play. They obviously were not thrilled with what they were getting out of him because they went to Cody Kessler and everybody else on that team uh, to try to kind of step the offense up. Right. Uh, and the other problem was this Fournette. This was a lost Leonard Fournette season. And, and, of course, it would happen in the year that I took him as my keeper. But, <laughs> you know, that's beside the point. Not going to bring is a up loss. – no, I don't want to talk about that again and again and again. No, right. I'm bringing it up as much as I can. Right. Um, but this was a lost Leonard Fournette season. And uh, injuries and then suspensions and then, you know, I, I don't know. They weren't playing for much towards the end of the year. So uh, then there's that. And then you had a little bit more uh, TJ Yeldon action than you ever expected. Uh and it just was inconsistent. And then you had injuries uh, in the wide receiving core, and then you had people who would boom one week, and you'd say, okay, can I trust him? And say, no, you can't, because they would come back and not do anything. Uh, and then no no tight end play really whatsoever. Um, no one there who really kind of you know was even worthy of having on your roster really at any point. So... Uh, the skill, every skill position outside of running back on this team was uh, awful, questionable to me, and, oh, yeah. and awful. Yeah, awful. yeah. Frankly, yeah, you're right. Um, I'm gonna call it now. Leonard Fournette, uh, I think, is gonna be a great value pick towards the end of the second round, early third, if people are really concerned about the offense and the fact that he dealt with a hammy injury so uh, he could be a heck of a value if you um, have the first second third overall pick and you're you're, you're wanting to draft another possible I mean I mean in all honesty Dan you kept him for a reason because his rookie yeah. year he was pretty darn dominant so uh, it, yeah it could get to that point again so yeah and the funny thing is is that I, I got him at right around that same spot Right. Uh, where I kept him at, right, right around where you're saying he's going to be a value pick. And, and I think he is going to be a value pick because I would expect him to slide because people are, are not going to remember the rookie year. They're going to remember this year. But I think if this team gets Nick Foles at his quarterback, I would start. I would start thinking maybe he doesn't get, doesn't he? Maybe he doesn't slide that much because uh, I think Nick Foles would be a big step up in comparison to the other quarterbacks that they have on the team at this time. Um, but we'll see where he ends up. Who knows? Yep. So Dan, let's move on to our next category, which is going to be the best running back, and I want you to start because. I already know we don't have the same running backs. I'm curious to see who yours is. Yeah, I have Leonard Fournette, and I get it. Uh, I, I just started said that it was an off year for him. It was a down season. Uh, he only had 439 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, but I think if you look at the year before, it was basically a, a, do, a dominant defensive team that could run the ball. So, and and who they ran the ball with was Leonard Fournette, and. Uh, the injuries, the suspensions, the uh, just the down year for the offense overall, I think just kind of really put a damper on this fantasy season for him and my fantasy season as a whole. But <laughs> uh, I, I still think the talent is there. It's It can't be questioned. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I like him more than Marlon Mack. Uh, I like him more than Derrick Henry uh, because I feel like I can rely on him way more uh, than either of those guys. Uh, and and I, I like him more than Lamar Miller and Deontay Foreman. So 
it's a situation where I know he's getting touches. The offense flows through Leonard Fournette. Uh, he's a dual threat running back who can catch the ball out of the backfield and who's going to get touches and run between the tackles. And he's the clear goal line back. No one's vulturing touchdowns from Leonard Fournette because he's going to want He's the one who sticks his nose in the hole and scores the touchdowns when they're down in that uh, the red zone. So I get that he was the you know he probably wasn't the best running back in the league last year and this the AFC South um, but I think the, the talent overall uh, makes him the clear front runner in this league in terms of best running back well Dan I'm going to call uh, your call of the clear uh, number one runner and, and, <laughs> and I'm, I'm just going with it I don't even care I'll be wrong on this one I, I really don't care but it, to me it's Derrick Henry and I'm just saying my first bullet point and I'll read it word for word the Titans just need to commit to him as the unquestioned lead back. Had one of the greatest fantasy games for running back of all time in Week 13 with 17 rushes, 238 yards rushing, four touchdowns. But it wasn't like he just disappeared. He followed it up with 33-170-2 and and then had another two strong games to end the year in Weeks 15 and 16. He did this the previous year in the playoffs. In the AFC wildcard, he went nuts and, and rushed for big totals. People just won't like tackling him as the game goes on at 250 pounds. He showed big playability, tying Tony Dorsett for the longest rushing touchdown in NFL history with a 99-yarder. Now, Deion Lewis will still be there, and Henry doesn't offer much in terms of receiving, so Deion Lewis will still have that role. But I like what I'm reading, and once again, I know this is way early in the offseason, so I'm not going to get too uh, into what Coach Speak is happening on. Um, But on February 6th, the new Titans offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, promised Derrick Henry will be a big part of the offense. He has a rare skill set. Derrick's a home run hitter. We are taking another step, hopefully, with him. What he did over the last five weeks will open up a lot of things. We want to be physical and knock people back. So... I'm just buying into what I saw at the end of the year. Um, and I mean, he was great in Alabama, too. So it's not like <laughs> this just is something that he only does at certain points in the season. Now, granted, your point's very valid. He seems to do it towards the end of the season. But I'm buying into the fact that what they saw single-handedly carried their offense and almost got them into the playoffs. They need to just commit to this guy and have Deion Lewis be more of the change of pace. So that's, I mean, I'll be wrong on this one, and I'll, I'll gladly go with it, but I think this is the year they commit to Derrick Henry. Uh, I, I mean, I, I just don't trust it yet. I don't. I mean, he did have over 1,000 yards rushing this year, 1,059, and 12 touchdowns. But the majority of that stuff happened in the last five games of the season. It, Completely it's just right. One of the, yep. It's one of those things where, I let's just make a bet on it. Let's just make a bet right now. Um, if Leonard Fournette has more yards and touchdowns than Derrick Henry, then I will buy you a beer. If it's vice versa, then you will buy me a beer. So How about it's, that? It's Derrick Henry against Leonard Fournette yards Leonard and Fournette, touchdowns. Straight up stats. Yep. Okay. I'll do it. I mean, I, I'm used to buying a beer, so it wouldn't be anything new for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also am going in on Leonard Fournette again, so let's see how that works out for me. But uh, I, I think I just I remember hearing this last year when, um, gosh, I can't even remember his name. He's he's been in the league for almost a season. Um, who was the running, who was the running back there that was there two years ago? Oh, oh it's gonna drive wow. me crazy. That came over from Philadelphia. Oh, oh come on. Oh boy. Oh, JJ? No. Oh, Hold I'm on. sorry. Came over to. I'm. I'm sorry. I thought you said two. Um, came over from Philadelphia to the Tennessee Titans. To the Titans. Hold on. I am drawing a blank myself. Because De- I mean, they signed Deion Lewis. Was this the year before you're talking about? Oh, yep, I yep, know yep. Demarco Murray. Demarco Murray. You're exactly right. Uh, whenever Demarco Murray you know got cut and retired and did all that we were thinking oh here it is and it's like derrick henry yeah 
And then Dion Lewis got <laughs> picked up in free agency. And we're like, oh, wah, wah, wah. But at the same time, I think both you and I kind of said, oh, well, Derrick Henry's going to get those touches on first and second down. Uh, Dion Lewis will be more of a change of pace back and be catching stuff out of the backfield. And, and frankly, it seemed to me at times it was the exact opposite. <laughs> you know, Derrick Henry would get a couple carries here and there, but then Dion Lewis would be getting almost every single carry on first and second down and then staying in for third down too. So, I mean, I would hope that personally, you and I are personally invested in this in terms of our own team, uh, that this actually does happen and that they keep giving him the ball like they did towards the end of the year. Um, so I hope you're right. I hope I'm buying you a beer on this. But the last five games, uh, don't. I'm not convinced quite yet. I need to see more. Every single point you made is valid. There's nothing I could say that would contradict that. So uh, let's move on to best wide receiver. This one's easy. I don't think there's right. any debate. It's DeAndre. No. He might be the best in the league. So Yep. And here's what's interesting about uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, he had 1,572 yards, 11 touchdowns. 11 touchdowns seems low to me. I, I saw that. I was like, 11? That's it? It seemed like he had a lot more than that. Um, but he was the overall wide receiver for uh, people I'm seeing now are saying, you can, you should be taking DeAndre Hopkins in the first round of, of your fantasy draft. Yep. Uh, almost like you're, you're, this is like time where you're taking him, uh, where you used to take A.B., where people were are fine taking Odell Beckham like he's reached that point now and I think a lot of that is you don't have to worry about who his quarterback is anymore right. there was a limitation to the ceiling with DeAndre Hopkins when he had um, poor quarterback play where you, you didn't know who was going to be there we had to say it was Brandon Whedon starting this week or one of those other random dudes Woof. Um, now you have Deshaun Watson there um, and I think that makes the ceiling just so much higher for him. This is only the second season they've had together. Uh, the first year was that electric season where De- where Deshaun uh, Jackson Watson, I'm sorry, uh, went off and, and was just kind of playing out of his mind like Madden type numbers, like Patrick Mahomes was this year. Uh, it came down back to earth, um, but I think the talent is unquestioned. He's the clear, in my opinion, the clear number one uh, in this division, and in, in maybe even the clear number one in the league now. I like uh, I like the quarterback better than most of those other big name receivers. Okay. Julio with Matt Ryan. Love it. Obviously very productive. And it looks like we're getting another year of Eli Manning with Odell Beckham. Not thrilled about that. Would rather have Watson. And then who knows who's throwing the ball to Antonio Brown. So, you know, it, he's made a real case for himself to be the number one ranked uh, wide receiver overall. Although, let's not forget about Julio. Let's not forget about Julio. And, and I'm going to mention him, too, because I've had the pleasure of watching it firsthand. Don't forget about Devontae Adams in Green Bay as well. So. Touche. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, the stats are there. Last year, third in reception, second in receiving yards, fifth in touchdowns. Over the past two seasons, 211 receptions, 2,950 yards, 24 touchdowns. One, one non-stat that I like for fantasy here, only missed one game in six seasons. So, you know, super we say healthy. about that guy, set it and forget it. Yeah, super healthy, super durable. And also one of those guys who whenever we're watching Texans games at least once or twice, I'm texting you, you're texting me, you're like, did you see that catch? Right. Unbelievable. Right. I mean, the guy, it's like his hands are vice grips. I mean, he does not drop pass if it's in his vicinity thrown appropriately he's catching it right exactly so i don't think we need to go into too much detail he's one of the best in the league so he's easily taking this crown dan without question the best tight end to me i thought this was easy too and i'm surprised i have eric ebron Nope, I did too. <laughs> yep. and I my, did too. You know what my Am first I... note was? We would have never have said this looking at Ebron from Detroit. Never. Never. No way. No way. And I can't even say it's because uh, the quarterback play has been vast is vastly improved. I don't think so. I just I just don't I don't understand where this came from. Uh, I think this was one of the biggest surprises of last year's fantasy season was the emergence of Eric Ebron as a legitimate tight end. Uh, I know we were talking we referred to this position affectionately last season as the tight end wasteland right? Uh, because there wasn't anything there. Uh, but even was one of those shining stars, frankly, at this position. And, and I've said it a million times before. Anytime we talk about it, I was like, if you're in Detroit, you are screaming 
where was this? Where was this Eric Ebron? Um, because he was just that good this year. Uh, and here's the thing is that it's a coin flip for me. I, I don't know which Eric Ebron we're getting next year. <laughs> uh, uh, he could be back at old school Eric Ebron in Detroit. Uh, or you're going to get this guy who's a legitimate fantasy starter week by week. Uh, the question that I had for you, Bob, is that knowing what you know now, um, where are you taking him in a fantasy draft now? Because um, I don't think you can wait. You, you could have waited on him absolutely last year because you didn't. No one was drafting him. Um, this year, I, I think people are going to say, "Oh, I would like to not have to worry about tight end every single week." So he's going to go earlier. I just I, I don't know where people are going to reach for him at because there's going to be people who reach for him. I know that for a fact. Uh, but where where are you thinking? My where first do you like my first thought end of six somewhere in the seven somewhere in that range is probably because you figure Ertz Kelsey probably within the first two maybe three. Yeah, Kit, I would think Kittle would be third to fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so uh, I guess that would put Ebron as as the fourth for me. The so. fourth tight end off the yeah fourth tight end off the list. So yeah, I, I'd say six seven somewhere in that range. That's just first. <laughs> guess what do you think yeah i i think you probably cannot wait for him much longer than that uh it, i think if you try to you know wait on tight end uh those other guys are gone kelsey should be gone in the second or it's wouldn't be surprised if he goes in the second or the third um I don't know where Kittle goes. I, I would like to see some drafts kind of play out to see where people are ranking him. I know people like him this year. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I would not be surprised if people start taking Ebron in the fifth round just to kind of lock the position down. Yep. I mean, his 13 TDs last year were more than his previous four seasons combined, tied with Devontae Adam for receiving touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, and he was a red zone threat, and there's reports that Jack Doyle won't be in any offseason. He'd be, you know, workouts and things of that nature. So he has a chance to really solidify and continue to build on that relationship. So, I mean, he could really um, – lock in I, I still think he's a red zone target because i don't really see uh ty hilton in that vein and i don't really see any of their other receiving options in that vein so i mean, he, I mean yeah. he's the red zone threat right now i mean and and that's the one thing that really could limit his value is what goes on with jack doyle but to your point it doesn't look like you're really gonna have to worry much about that in the offseason uh but i mean he had two games of 30 plus fantasy points right I mean, that's crazy right uh that's crazy and he had nine double-digit scoring weeks. Um, and he still has that lone rushing touchdown, which is just still one of those things that I think about all the time, frankly. Uh, so uh, I, I agree. There, there wasn't even anybody really who I even thought about or even really looked at. Immediately when I wrote best TD, I just instantly wrote Eric Ebron down. Yep. So, yeah, those two are pretty easy to move on. How about ranking the quarterbacks, Dan? Do you want to go ahead and give your top four to me? I, I think it follows the teams, but we'll uh, no, I, I agree with you. Um, it, it goes Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson, Marcus Mariota, and then whoever plays in Jacksonville. Right. Um, I don't know who's going to be there, um, but you know, if it's Nick Foles, I'll be honest with you, it's probably it would probably be Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson, Nick Foles, Marcus Mariota. Yep. Um, I mean, I, I've, we talked about these these in terms of the offenses when we fir- first kind of got into this. Um, it's close between Andrew Luck. I think it's closer than you and I probably are willing to admit um, because of the rushing ability of Deshaun Watson. Um, in terms of pure fantasy scoring, pure fantasy scoring, um, maybe Deshaun Watson has a little bit of an edge. Uh, but... I still like like Andrew Luck's upside more. I like the overall offense more. I like the weapons more, uh, and I like the health of the the offensive weapons. So I think Andrew Luck edges them out. It's close. It's a narrow margin for me, um, but I think it's just the same way we had the offenses ranks: Luck, Watson, Mariota, and then whoever's in Jacksonville. Yeah, to me, I mean, <laughs> a healthy Andrew Luck's t- a top five quarterback in his sleep. Uh, finished last year fifth in passing yards with a little under forty six. Second in touchdowns with 39. 
I always like to bring this up. He had an eight-game streak from week four to 12 where he was three touchdowns at least every game. Yep. One yep. thing I would like to see him see his, uh, do is cut down his interceptions. He was tied for second in the league with 15. So right. uh, that's, that's the only one knock I can consider with Andrew Luck. Um, but I'll take it when you're having to throw all the time and throw sure. for three touchdowns a game. So. Yep. Um, Deshaun Watson, um, just some notes on him, finished 11th in passing yards, a little under 4,200, 6th in passer rating, and 7th in completion percentage. So he was really efficient sure. uh, with his passing. Uh, always has a great floor with his rushing. He was third with uh, in QB's rushing uh, totals with 551 rushing yards, but behind Lamar Jackson. And any guess who you think had the second most rushing uh, yards for a quarterback last year? Uh, Lamar Jackson. Well, he was number one overall for quarterbacks. Any guess on number two? It, I doubt you'll guess it. It's I, when I read it, I was like, "Wow, really?" It, oh, then it has to be someone random. Uh, yep. <laughs> uh, Josh, Josh Allen. There Josh you go. Allen. Good call, man. Yep. Good call. So yeah, I mean, those rushing totals are there for him, which helps uh, support his floor and. Um, I mean, we said it. He's playing with possibly the best running, uh, wide receiver in the league. Um, yep. For me, Mariota, 2016's a distant memory when he threw for 26 touchdowns. The last two years, it's 24 combined touchdowns. Uh, still has a nice rushing. He had 357 yards rushing, but only two touchdowns. Uh, we talked about it. seems to get nicked up a lot, which hurts its productivity, and he really needs Delaney Walker or a better tight end because that wide receiver core does, doesn't really do much for me. So... Um, And Dan, my note on Blake Bortles, Jags quarterback, when you get benched for Cody Kessler, that says something. (laughs) Bortles has never been over 61% completion and never over 18 passing touchdowns. And your your point was exactly what I had here. Nick Foles would be a massive upgrade, and I think he would jump over Mariota. So we had the same exact thoughts as well there. Right, right. So, I mean, anything else you, you want to add as far as the quarterbacks? To me, that was those were pretty cut and dry for me. Yeah, I, it was not – like I said, I, I thought this was a way – this was this division was way easier to work through for me than um, the – at least on the offensive side of things, uh, than the AFC North. Yeah. So, um, Dan, let's go ahead and rank the defenses. This is where I thought it was pretty tough because really all the defenses were pretty good. So Yeah, uh, I agree. This was a little bit difficult for me uh, because the, the defenses were pretty pretty good. Uh, but I had the Texans, and then I had the Titans, and then I had the Colts, and then I had the Jags, actually. Okay, so the, we are not the same. We're same at number one, but everywhere else we're not the same. So this should be good. <laughs> Yeah, I I, th- I think the Texans were just clearly the, the number one. Uh, there was not even any uh, question. It was the last three that I kind of threw around um, a little bit. Uh, Texans, I just think they have the better playmakers, especially on the defensive line. I think Jadavion Clowney, when he's healthy, is an absolute game changer. And then we're not questioning the talent of J.J. Watt. Um, he is an absolute – I think that at this point the guy's an unquestioned first round, first ballot Hall of Famer. Yep. Um, it, it's just one of those guys. Uh, although I would like to see a little bit more out of J.J. Watt's tight end play, I think he can improve that a little bit. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but – uh, I just don't think there's any question for me that they're the best defense in the league. I mean, not not in the league, at least in the AFC in the AFC South. Yep. Yeah, so I have the Texans number one uh, as well, but there are a few free agents that if they leave could impact this. Kareem Jackson, cornerback, Tyron Matthew, safety, Jadavion Clowney. What are they going to do with him? I, I would hope they keep him, but yeah. when J.J. Watt's right, he's one of the best defensive players in the league. Had 16 sacks last year. I think that might have gone unnoticed. <laughs> uh, I think I don't know why, but uh, when I read it, I'm like, I don't really know if people realize he had 16 sacks last year. Um, they were tied for fourth last year and with 19.8 points per game allowed and led the league with 62 sacks. So, yeah, I mean, that's where I still had them ranked number one, although curious to see what happens with them free agency-wise to see how that impacts it. But, Dan, who did you say you had number two? Uh, actually, the Titans. I actually I had, had the, the Jaguars. Titans. Really? Uh, it just 
here's what it came down to is that the Jags were maybe it's because of how great they were the year before. I think that's they it. Was, they were just such a disappointment to me this year. Uh, I mean, Telvin Telvin Smith is, is still a very very good linebacker. Uh, obviously, Jalen Ramsey, you can't question the talent on the corner. Uh, I just felt like Jacksonville last season was a team that you you had to try to score on, uh, and it was hard. It was hard, and they were coming at you. They were getting turnovers. They were scoring defensive touchdowns. There was a game in which you beat me because the Jacksonville Jaguars scored so many points on defense and special teams. <laughs> it was offensive. Um, but... I just didn't see that out of them this year. I mean, to me, it felt like people were able to score on them. They just did not have the same fire, the same uh, intensity, in, in my opinion. And um, okay, maybe I maybe I have them a little low in terms of fourth. Uh, well, but the big question is: is can they bounce back to where they were before? Because this past season, they just were not the same defense. Well, well, in all honesty, Dan, I think two through four, you could jumble them up any way you want. Sure, to, really. Sure. So here's my notes on, on the Jaguars. I know you had the. I actually had the Titans fourth. So we're we we match on one and three, but in really, I, I mean, I almost had Titans too, but then I, I started right. really looking at things. So the Jaguars were down last year, but the previous year was one of the better ones in recent memory, and I think that's what clouds what happened because I mean, like in our league two years ago, they were scoring like thirty points a game just based on yeah. pure turnovers. But right. we, when I look deeper into it, the team still finished fifth in yards per game allowed at three eleven point four. Uh, point, uh, fourth, I'm sorry, in points allowed with 19.8. Third in sacks with 53. Second in force fumbles with 20. They don't have any free agency concern. The stuff, Calais Campbell, Telvin Smith, Miles Jack, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I think if they get a better quarter, I think Blake Bortles put them in a really bad spot. Sure. Yeah, you're right. I mean, to, that, that's true. I mean, it's just to me, it's odd for me to see a Jacksonville defense when you saw what they did the year before. Oh, right. Uh, you know, have teams go out there and hang 40 points on them, 29 points, uh, 30 points. Uh, you know, I mean, they pitched. Yeah, okay, they pitched a shutout once. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things is that I'm surprised to see this, the teams, uh, you know, I'm, I was surprised to see the teams that were putting up points on them. Uh, to me, they were a okay play in terms of fantasy defense. I mean, you're not expecting huge things out of your fantasy defense. They're not winning you games unless you're you're you that one time you beat me with this defense. I think it's when they that picked off. Usually... Big, I think it's when they picked off Big Ben like five times and scored two touchdowns. I think. It was yeah, that that's the one. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the one, Bob. Yeah, I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just one of those things that you don't expect to see it. Okay, maybe uh, uh, no. You know what? Uh, you know I'm starting to agree with you. But it, this, that's one of those things is that the talent on the team. You just list all those players. They should be they up there at number two. Right. They should be right. right. But they just were so bad this last year. And I would agree. Part of it probably was um, being put in terrible positions because of turnovers by the offense. Right. So, Dan, how about you go into the Titans? Because I, 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 we have the same for the Colts. So you have the Titans at two. I have them at four. Let's go over the, the talking points as to why. Uh, I just felt like they had a uh, – they were – they did a good job of forcing a lot of turnovers, which is what you want out of your fantasy defense. Right. 11 interceptions, six fumble recoveries, and they actually scored a couple of touchdowns. Um, so those are few and far between, and I also thought that the special teams um, brought a little bit more to the board for me – uh, then, frankly, Jacksonville and the Colts did. I mean, that's basically what it came down to was straight-up turnovers and touchdowns for me. Yeah, and when I looked at the stats, I mean, it was all very good as well. Finished eighth in yards per game allowed, right over 333. Yep. Thirds in point per game, 18.9. Tenth in sacks with 47. Somewhat middle of the pack in overall league uh, stats with turnovers, combining interceptions and forced fumbles. Right. Um, when I started doing reading on team needs, um, Malcolm Butler, who they got from the Patriots, disappointed uh, at quarterback. And CBS feels that outside of Kenny Vaccaro, they also need an upgraded safety. So they really are dependent on their front seven to dominate. And if they don't, they they could be vulnerable in the back end. In the secondary. Uh, And like I said, this is really, I mean, picking... Uh, Nitpicking. I, I right. mean, it really is. So yeah, they could, like I said, they could easily have been number two. But uh, let's go ahead and talk about the Colts, who we both have at number three. And, and I'll get it started, man. I like that we have some IDP um, in our league of record because it forces 
us to pay attention to players that I don't necessarily yep. know I would. And yep. the reason why they're third is I absolutely loved watching Darius Leonard play, who was right. not only the AP defensive rookie in the year, he was a legit candidate for overall defensive player of the year. Right. Uh, I mean, the, the thing about the uh, this defense is that they got a lot of turnovers. Right. Uh, this, was a, this was a defense that did a lot of got a lot of turnovers and created a lot of turnovers but the other thing is is that they also got scored on a bunch right i mean that yep uh, you're exactly right there um yeah i mean i put that they played surprisingly though well because i think the expectation was this could have been one of the worst defenses going into last year yeah yep i mean they finished 11th in yards per game allowed right over 339 10th in points per games allowed with 25 uh, 21.5 and tied for ninth with 15 interceptions. And like I said, I, I'm banking a lot of my rankings with just how impressed I was with Darius Leonard. I mean, that that's truly what um, carried a lot of my rankings in number three because when you got a dominant stud like that at your linebacking core, 163 combined tackles, four forced fumbles, two interceptions, among other stats, that's going to give you the capability to, to carry and anchor your defense. Yeah. And they are a young defense. So I, I could see them only getting better. So. Yeah, can you imagine if they have the ability to score a couple of big name free agents for the defense? Right. Pick up Lev Bell, uh, and now you've got that offense combined with a young, hungry defense led by the by that linebacker. I mean, it's it it would be uh, it's it's a it's a complete facelift for this team. It's a complete new identity. Uh, now people are gunning for the Colts because they're they're looking like a you know a, a big time contender to come out of the AFC. I think. Yep. So, Dan, let's move on to our next topic, Biz- biggest potential breakout. Who do you have in this division as the biggest potential breakout? Derrick Henry. <laughs> oh, wow. That Derrick is great. Henry. <laughs> That's great. For all the reasons that we've outlined before. If I mean, he's not the best running back, but – you said he was, and you listed so many reasons as to why he should be. Uh, the potential is there. The potential is there. Uh, it, it, without question, it's there. I just wish that it was that I had the same level of confidence in it. Um, but the only other person who really kind of came to mind was uh, Kiki Kute. Boom, uh, you Kiki picked mine, Kute. Dan. You picked um, mine. I think those are two guys who performed, had nice games, had big fantasy games here and there. If they can turn them into season-long uh, season long numbers, um, then we're in business. Uh, frankly, we're in business with Derrick Henry uh, and whoever was smart enough to draft Kiki Kuti in, dra- in any kind of dynasty format uh, is set there as well because I think the quarterback's there. Uh, and I think there is room for another wide receiver in that league uh, on that team um, because I, I think there's room for people to step up uh, because of the health issues of Will Fuller and, and frankly, the health issues of Kiki Cutie. So, uh, but Derek Henry, uh, it's time for you to step up, Derek Henry. It's time for you to live up to the hype that we are creating for you. And every single year we get excited about, I'm picking you as my biggest breakout of this division. Uh, and, and I really you know what? I, I hope I'm buying Bob a beer after this season because it means that Derrick Henry has finally, finally broken out and established himself as a running back one in a, in a stud. Because they run the ball. Vrabel wants to run the ball. Right. They've got you know, the ability to run the ball. Give him the ball more early right. in the season. Right. Establish the guy. Please. That's my hope. That's that's why. So, Dan, I think this week I'm, the poll is going to be our running back choices. I'm curious to see right. who because they're two very polar, polarizing running backs. So, uh, For sure. yeah, yeah, Dan, my potential breakout. You nailed it. Kiki Kiki. So, I mean, the Texans just released Demarius Thomas. Will Fuller's coming back from an ACL surgery, and really, he's always dinged up in some form or fashion. So, right. Even when he's healthy, yeah, he's a complete stud touchdown machine, but um, it's not always a given that he's going to be on the field. And <clears throat> QT showed well when he was on the field. Now, he also dealt with some injuries himself, So, um, but I think with the lack of depth ahead of him and 
really will Fuller, who knows? Uh, they might ease him back a little bit. Um, he could very well be the number two. And let me give you some games where he was on and, and really played well. Week four against Indy, 15 targets, 11 receptions, 109 yards. Week five, Dallas, seven targets, six receptions, 51 yards, one touchdown. Week 10, Washington, nine targets, five receptions, 77 yards. And here's the eye-opener for me. Wild card against the Colts, 14 targets, 11 receptions, 110 yards, and one touchdown. That's the type of upside this guy can show if they give him the chance to be the number two wide receiver in that on that team. So, right, that that's my breakout. So uh, yeah, you you were spot on when you called it. So, <laughs> so Dan, you want to uh, close up the episode by going over the biggest need for each team? And to me, let's just get the easiest one out of the way: the Jaguars quarterback right yep. easy <laughs> quarterback uh I, I mean i think they need to make a play for nick Foles. uh i, I don't know if i'm nick Foles if i want to go there to me that's probably the best quarterback that's out there right now yep uh flacco is gone uh he's in denver so who else are you going for unless you're drafting and starting from you know nowhere uh I, I think maybe even if i mean i don't think you go for case keenum um i, I don't really think there's anyone else out there right now uh maybe you bring johnny manzel in for a tryout i don't know but it's a situation where you're either getting that guy out of oklahoma uh if he falls to you or you need to go after nick Foles because uh I, I think last year they kind of said we are not blake bortles is not the starter uh, with the repeatedly being benched, and then the people who they benched him for being benched for Bortles. I mean, it was a nightmare last year towards the end of the season in terms of the Jacksonville quarterback play. Yeah, that miracle run to the 2017-18 AFC Championship game, total mirage. I think they're either in play for Nick Foles or they're possibly in that uh, look for Kyler, Murley, uh, Kyler yeah. Murray or Dwayne Haskins from OSU. So Right. Um, that one was easy. How about Dan? What about the Titans? Uh, the Titans is tight end for me. I mean, uh, I, I think that Delaney Walker, uh, I'm not convinced he's going to come back. I'm not convinced that even if he does come back, that he's going to be the same player he was before. Uh, and, and none of those guys who were there uh, to replace him stepped up. And I think you and I have talked about this before, even earlier tonight. Uh, that that safety valve is a big thing for Mariota, uh, so I think they need to get an athletic tight end, uh, and I think they need to fill somebody who's gonna at least not. I mean, I don't think you can replace Delaney Walker. He's one of those, um, you know, great reliable fantasy tight ends, um, but I think you need to get some talent there, either through free agency or uh, through the draft to fill that void at this point. Yeah, uh, I think we're pretty much in alignment with this one, Dan, because mine was just better overall receiving options. Um, Looking at the Tennessee Titans, Titans Wire uh, website, uh, they provided an article that spells out the need to look at free agency and the draft. So really attack both ends. You know, maybe do they look at somebody like a Golden Tate, uh, maybe an AB? Can can they get into that? Although it sounds like the Steelers are looking NFC only. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, outside of Corey Davis, uh, who I seriously don't – see him as a number one a true number one but i mean outside of that it's taewon taylor tajay sharp delaney walker recovering from a broken ankle um i think they attack it in both the draft and free agency and try to get more stuff actually i I think in that article they did bring up uh golden tate i I actually would like him because i think Mariota doesn't like to necessarily push the ball downfield Mm -hmm. and golden tate's a reception magnet so i would actually like that for them if that's somebody they would look at in free agency so that's an interesting – I mean, that would be very interesting to see if he could end up on that team. I mean, uh, that's the other thing is I think that probably helps Corey Davis too. Right, right, exactly. So, Dan, how about the uh, Houston Texans? Uh, my Mine was the running game. Um, I think that they need to get a, one of those stud backs. Uh, to me, I know that they probably – there's no way they can land Lev Bell. I just don't think that's possible. Um because I don't know, I don't think they can pay him what he wants. Uh, but if they can get somebody who can come in and give them a little bit more than Lamar Miller did this season, I mean, Lamar Miller had a nice fantasy year. Uh, he turned it on more towards the end of the year after he, some people had dropped him to the free agency wire. Who does that? Um, who does that? <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, sorry, Bob, but <laughs> That's all right. it's quite all right. Uh, 
But he he came in and he had, but he wasn't that dynamic game changer to me. Uh, this was a pretty one dimensional team, and, and the running game really came primarily, in my opinion, from the quarterback position. Right. Um, so if you can get somebody in there who can kind of give you uh, carries inside the tackles and, and break some long runs, I think this this offense becomes significantly better. We saw how much better that the Colts got when Marlon Mack kind of turned it on a little bit. Right. Uh, if you can get similar play out of a player on the Houston Texans offense. Um, I think it changes the, it changes the dynamic of the team. Uh, and I think they need to lock down some of those defensive players that you discussed in free agency uh, to keep that defense strong. But I think it, it, they might need to get an upgrade in the running game. Yeah, I think mine is going to correlate to helping the running game and it's offensive line help. Uh, I was looking at CBS. <clears throat> Watson was sacked 62 times in the regular season and three more times in the wild card loss to the Colts. It's really not sustainable, especially since he's coming off a recent ACL tear. I mean, it's still it's over a year, but it's a year and a half. So, I mean, uh, you want to protect this guy. Look what, look what protection to Andrew Luck did, who was continually sacked and battered, which really, to me, contributed to his injury. They invest in the offensive line, and what does he do? He comes back and has his second-best season ever. So mm-hmm. I think you need to invest in the offensive line to make sure that you're protecting your quarterback, and in theory, that would also open up the running game for them. So, um, so Dan, let's close it up with the Colts. I, I'm pretty sure we would have the same thing, but um, mine was wide receiver depth. Yep. Nope, you're exactly right. That's exactly what I had. Yeah, so outside of T.Y. Hilton, who's a top 12 type of wide receiver, top 10, uh, you know, when when he's playing with a healthy Andrew Luck, uh, there's really not much out uh, outside of that. I mean, do names like Chester Rogers, Zach Pascal, Dontrell Inman, or Ryan Grant excite you? Uh, I mean, I thought Dontrell Inman could be good. Chester Rogers, I, I thought, could emerge as something, but... Uh, not really. Uh, I, I think you need to bring maybe somebody in in free agency, or um, I, I, I'm not really sure. I try to grab some people in the draft or something like that. Uh, frankly, I think you and I are maybe hoping in our dynasty uh, format that one of these younger um, Colts receivers kind of jumps in and, and takes, uh, especially Inman, uh, takes it takes over, but. You know, it's one of those situations where uh, there's no one there right now uh, that really excites anybody uh, outside of Ty Hilton. Yeah, and I mean, you need to get you need to get a number number two wide receiver to step up to take some of the heat off of him. Uh, is that Eric Ebron at this point? Probably, but I think you need to get a little bit more out of the wide receiver game as well. Yeah, in the latest mock draft that I saw on ESPN from Mel Kuyper, he had them drafting A.J. Brown from Old Miss, who had twenty, a little under 2,600 receiving yards and 17 touchdowns over the last two seasons. So right. I mean, really anything would be an upgrade over what they currently have. So, so yeah, Dan, as we went through it, I, a lot of these singular positions I thought were very easy to, to navigate through in, in this uh, in this uh, episode. Uh Jacksonville lacks in a lot of the skill positions, and mm-hmm. you've got one of the most dominant wide receivers in one of them. So yeah, I mean, it was. I, I agree. I think where I got stuck up at a little bit was the defenses, but um, yep. to me, you could flip a coin really two through four. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it, it's going to be a very interesting. I think in this division, I would probably at this point probably pick the Colts to win it. Me too. Uh, but I, I don't know. I think Houston really has a chance to push for it too, um, depending on what kind of free agent moves we see out of uh, Houston in the offseason. What if Jacksonville gets a more reliable quarterback and that defense steps back up? I mean, they, I, they almost I, went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm looking at uh, stuff on Roto World right now, and Schefter uh, says that um, – you know, Nick Foles is. Pr- I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars are are pretty much in the in the Nick Foles game right now. Right. Um, so to me, it, it would be they're the favorites to sign them, according to Adam Schefter. So uh, to there, I, I think it's a massive upgrade uh, in terms of what the quarterback does. Still, the the receiving core there. Uh, I, I don't know what that whether yeah. Nick Foles can make the receiving core better. Totally agree. Uh, and, and the other thing is, is that there's one player that is not on a on that Jacksonville offense. 
Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is not on a Jacksonville offense. Right, right. And, and the other thing that they don't have is a big athletic tight end who can catch like Zach Ertz. Uh, and that's something that Nick Foles relied a lot on when he, while he's in Philadelphia. So uh, I, while I think it's an upgrade, I, I don't think he, it jockeys them into that first or second position. Uh, I still think it goes Colts. Houston, uh, but maybe with that qu- quarterback, uh, Jacksonville comes in third, and then we just kind of see how it all shakes out. Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting. So, Dan, uh, which which side are we going next week? East side or west side? Uh, let's go. Let's actually go east. Let's go east. Okay. So, I mean, it's the New England Patriots and everybody else. So, <laughs> hey, we can talk some Buffalo Bills. I, I would love to. So <laughs> I don't think we're talking much New York Jets, but eh, we'll see. Yeah, so, yeah, let's do uh, AFC East next week then. So that works for me. Same format. We'll do it same thing uh, next Wednesday. So let's go ahead and close the show. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NotTakesFF, N-O-T-T-A-K-E-S-F-F. Feel free to email us, NotTakesFF at gmail.com. You can visit our podcast homepage, anchor.fm forward slash not takes FF. Dan, I know we talk about it too. Um, you know, depending on how my, my schedule is going to get pretty hectic here over the next couple of months, but I, I know I'm, I'm starting the foundation of looking at getting us a, a true website up there. So that could be something that could happen by the time the regular season occurs. But um, for now, visit our uh, podcast homepage once again, anchor.fm forward slash not takes FF. You can listen to us there. Uh, you can interact with us there. Um, the great thing about it is, is it provides the 12 links to the outside platforms that we're on. So if you have a specific platform you like, find the link there to subscribe. For those that listen to us on Apple Podcasts, give us 30 seconds and give us a rating and review. Five-star rating and review really helps out our show immensely. And we're uh, very thankful for anybody that takes the time to do that. But any platform you're on, subscribe so you get our episodes as they drop. And Dan, close it out like we always do and give a shout-out to your brother Tom and credit for that song. Yeah, the song's called Alma. It's been with us from the from the very beginning uh, and it'll be with us to the very end. It's a good tune. Uh, Bob and I are both big fans of it. If you like what he's doing, uh, if you like the song, check out his SoundCloud. He's that dude, Tom. He's releasing new music uh, pretty regularly and getting with other people to, to make new stuff. Uh, but big shout out to uh, my brother for uh, letting us use that tune and uh, much appreciated, my man. All right, Dan, so we will meet again next week when we go over uh, the AFC East. Until then, have a great weekend, and I will talk to you later. Woo!